Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian LoFermento, and I know that I tell you that I am excited for every single episode. However, this episode, I can very honestly say that not only am I joined by an incredible entrepreneur whose entrepreneurial story is inspiring, he's a brilliant entrepreneur, but also I can say in this episode that this is somebody whose work that I am really a fan of. This is a very special guy who's doing really cool work in giving back to entrepreneurship as a whole, which as you know is so near and dear to my heart. So I want to tell you a little bit about today's guest. His name is Marcin Progoshevsky. I knew I would botch it in the moment, but I'm so excited. Marcin Progoshevsky, he is an entrepreneur who is originally from Poland. He got a gentle nudge to start a business in his 20s and it changed his life. And you're going to hear about that story here today. Together with two friends, he built an eight-figure digital performance agency and sold it to Dentsu International, a $10 billion British-Japanese media conglomerate. After a successful exit, Marcin decided to move to Silicon Valley where he got an MBA from Stanford, and this is really cool, he invested a million dollars of his own money in the startups that his classmates were building. These investments are now worth around $5 million, returning on average about 50%. Every year, Marcin now lives in Austin with his wife, who is a fellow podcaster. I love the entrepreneurial spirit in their family. And in addition to his past successes, this is what I think is so cool, and I'm such a big fan of what Marcin is doing with his current project. He has launched The Gentle Nudge, which is a newsletter and a community for anyone who wants to start their first company. Unlike other business creators, instead of just talking about starting your first company. Marcin is actually starting from scratch and building a company this year with his aim of hitting a million dollars in revenue. So I'm so excited. I could say a lot more good things about this guy, but instead let's dive straight into my interview with Marcin Progoshevsky. Marcin, I am so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'll tell you what, that might have been the longest intro I've ever done to an episode. I think we were about two minutes, but it's because I've got nothing but good words to say to you about you, but I want you to fill in the gaps for listeners. Obviously, I gave them a high-level overview of your past, but fill in those gaps. Who is Marcin? Well, first of all, Brian, this was an incredible intro. I'm, I'm so impressed. You are, uh, I, I need you around whenever I need to intro myself to other people. I would just like ask you to, uh, you know, to do an intro the same way you just did. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, long story short, I'm an entrepreneur, sometimes an investor, but I think mostly about myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, originally from Poland, you know, I was lucky in my 20s, like you said, to to start a business and I caught the bug of entrepreneurship and, you know, I essentially never worked for anyone else uh, ever after that. Yeah, and it's funny because I always, and Marcin, I know that for you, this is your first episode coming here on the show, but listeners have listened to my voice for hundreds and hundreds of episodes for almost a decade now, and I always talk about how excited I am to talk to guests, to talk about entrepreneurship, but 
in addition to loving people who are entrepreneurs, I think that you are unique just like me where you not just love being an entrepreneur, you love entrepreneurship. You believe so deeply at your core that it is a vehicle for making the world a better place. I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit. Why is entrepreneurship something that you're so passionate about and also passionate about sharing with others? You know, it's, uh, I have this belief that, um, anyone can become an entrepreneur. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone needs to become an entrepreneur, but if you want to become an entrepreneur, you can. And I think there's this false narrative, uh, that it just takes a certain kind of person. It takes, uh, you know, you need to be cut from a certain cloth to, to become an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurship, like everything else, you know, like, like cooking or skiing, it's a, it's a mindset, it's a skill set, uh, and it's a decision, right? You just, you, if you decide to be an entrepreneur, you can, you can become one. Um, and the reason why I encourage that is because for me personally, this was uh, a revelation. When I, when I started uh, together with two friends of mine, our marketing agency, I, I vividly remember this one day, kind of like a month into it, when, you know, I was super busy working still from my student, uh, student apartment in Poland, and uh, it wasn't easy, but I just felt this like perfect alignment between, you know, who I am and what I want to do in my life. This perfect balance between the, you know, the, my perceived level of skill and, and perceived levels of challenge. And it just felt so right. You know, it is like this feeling of like, I'm exactly where I want to be and I'm doing exactly what I'm, what I want to be doing. And it's just amazing feeling to have in life. Uh, this, this, uh, you know, this excitement about, uh, the challenges that are ahead of you. And I, so I, you know, I believe entrepreneurship is good for the entrepreneur. <laughs> like it's, it's just an amazing way to spend your professional life. And it's, you know, it's the, it's a great thing we can do for the, for the rest of the world because entrepreneurs kind of push, you know, change things and push things forward. And so if I can, like, I was lucky enough to, to have this experience and now I'm trying to pay it forward and encourage more, more people kind of multiply it by, uh, you know, by building gentle notch and, and helping people take this first step and become first time entrepreneurs. Heck yeah, I love so much about your viewpoints there. Obviously, it's a perspective that I share having been an entrepreneur since I was 19 years old as well. And Marcin, it's funny for the two of us to be having this conversation in front of so many entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs because they might be thinking, well, yeah, you guys started your businesses so young. You started when you had nothing to lose. What about me? I, I have a full-time job. I have a family I'm trying to support. Makes it 20 times harder to start a business. But the thing that I love about most entrepreneurship stories is that we are always starting from scratch in so many different regards. I'm curious to hear your perspective. Starting from scratch, some people would argue, well, you're also starting with an exit. You probably have money saved up from that, that you're able to invest in other businesses and your own business. What's your perspective after all these years starting from scratch again? Uh, it's, it's the best feeling, man. It's the best feeling. I, uh, let me just go back to the, you know, to the moment when we started our first business, uh, the agency, uh, it, you know, it always feels in hindsight that it was easy, but back then I was, you know, I was working for Polish Groupon and it was, I joined when it was only 15 people in the guru to 400 people in two years. It was a, you know, a wild journey. And when I decided to quit and start the agency, um, I was being, 
you know, very much encouraged to stay and with the company. I was offered a company car. I was, my salary was kind of almost doubled. Uh, like people, like, you know, I was doing, I guess, a decent job there and, and they really wanted to keep me. And so it was not a, you know, just like, oh, I don't have anything better to do. And so I'm going to start a business as a 20 something year old. Uh, there was always a better option available, what seemed like a more uh, uh, tempting option to, to, to choose from. Um, and so it always feels like you are giving up something and it always feels like a, a leap of faith, uh, whether you are 30, 20 or, you know, 60 years old. Uh, so, um, I just want to put it out there and then on, on your question, you know, what, it, what does it feel like to be starting again from scratch, uh, after having more experience? Um, I think the core feeling is the same. You, we all have the same fears, the, the same questions. Uh, you know, is my idea good? Is it bad? Like how, you know, how to get first customers? Will they like it? Like there are all, all these, these same challenges that you need to face over and over, even if you're starting the same business, obviously you are moving a little faster. You, 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 your ability to raise money is a little, you know, better. Um, but I would say the core experience is the same and I love it. Like it's the, the, thr the thrill, um, it's, I would say it's the feeling when you, when you are, you know, about to hike a, a mountain and in, in the morning you are putting your backpack on and you're preparing, you're putting your jacket, your shoes on and the, the, you know, like a, the butterflies and like the, the core uh, feeling of excitement that you are about to embark on an exciting journey is always there. Yeah, and I'm sure that so many listeners also relate to that because the vast majority of our audience here are entrepreneurs, but also beginner entrepreneurs who are chasing that for so many of them, their first milestone, you talk about the mountain, is 10K a month. That is such a, a milestone marker dream for so many newer entrepreneurs. And Marcin, recently I did a Mindset and Motivation Monday episode with a quote from the late, great Johan Cruyff, incredible soccer legend, where he says that every disadvantage has has its advantage. And I've long argued that when you're just starting out, you actually have a lot of advantages over full-fledged businesses, businesses who already have customers, who have clients, who have customer service to deal with, who have financial and legal things to deal with. Marcin, you've been on both sides of this coin. I'd love for you to share your insights both back then, but also now starting from scratch. What are some of those advantages at the beginning? Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, the way I describe it is that uh, building company, especially building company culture, is it's it's a little bit like fast drying cement. Uh, so you need to be very careful in the way you you construct uh, your business, your fundamentals, your culture. Um, you know, we had this saying in the business school: the culture eats strategy for breakfast, which is very uh, very true. Like you may have an amazing strategy, but if you don't build culture that supports it. If you, and the way I define culture is, you know, what, what your team is doing when they are not being told exactly what they are, they need to be doing, right? It's like the, the kind of internal understanding of how do we behave when there is no instruction. Um, the, it's, this is all exciting and you need, you know, need, this is something that no big company, no, you know, um, uh, existing, uh, existing competitor can change quickly on a dime. Uh, very few companies can do it, uh, and so as a as a you know a starting business, you you have this advantage that you can you can avoid many mistakes that that these people um, your competitors have uh, done and and build something new and in a little bit better way. That's actually you know a, a working definition of entrepreneurship. It, it doesn't need to be a completely different crazy idea. 
you can all, um, you can just take a you know something that exists and twist it a little bit and build it you know uh, in your own way and a little bit better and that's already a, an amazing business yeah so speaking of that it's a natural segue into business ideas and so many people let that be something that holds them back and Marcin, as someone who's been following your progress here in 2023 on your website thegentlenudge.com which trust me we're going to talk a lot about at the end of today's episode but on the gentle nudge you're letting people follow along in your business launch this year and your pursuit of reaching a million dollars in revenue and one thing that i really liked that you put in a blog post i think it was about a month ago is you said that you're proud that you chose an idea and you didn't let that hold you back. But then a few posts later, I read you write about how you were questioning, is this actually the idea that I want to do? Where do you? Because so many people wait on the sidelines and they let that idea hold them back. Whereas you're allowed to pivot. You just said the concrete is drying slowly when you're starting out your business. So you are able to pivot then. What's your take on finding and choosing and deciding on the right business idea? Yeah, don't let it, uh, you know, uh, slow you down. I think it's uh, the, the good way of thinking about it is to uh, to think about it that this is your starting idea. This is not your. This is not the idea. This is your starting idea, and so pick something that feels uh, reasonable. It doesn't need to be like one of the things that I, I notice people, and I'm guilty of this myself. Like people. Uh, try to find a unique, like unique idea, the idea that nobody ever had before. Uh, that's you know, it's almost impossible. <laughs> there are like I don't know how many now, eight billion people in the world. Uh, the chances of you finding an idea that nobody ever had before is are very slim, uh, unless you are working at some you know cutting edge technology. Uh, I, don't don't let it distract you. I think it, it, if anything, starting with a business that nobody ever built is almost a red flag to me because. That probably means that some whoever was trying this before you failed, and maybe the idea is just not good. So go with something that feels uh, feels exciting to you. Go with something that uh, you know. There are, there are several ways of, of approaching build, coming up with ideas. One of the one of the ways I suggest, and that's the, what I'm doing with Treat, is to try and solve your own problem. Like the same way I just mentioned, eight billion people in the world. Chances are, if you have a problem, there are more people who have a similar problem. And so by, by, uh, by solving that problem, you are at least, you know that you have at least one customer and then kind of by virtue, by law of probability, there are probably many more people who have a similar problem and you can, you know, you can solve that problem for them. Uh, so that's, that's the way, good way to approach. So in, in short, you know, try solving your own problem, launch as quickly as possible. This is your first idea. And then as soon as you launch, you will start learning things and you will start refining your idea and eventually getting to the, you know, to the, the idea of the product. Yeah, I love that distinction. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. Listeners, I'm going to call it out for you again in what Marcin just said, which is stop looking for the idea and chase an idea because it is going to pivot as someone who has started so many businesses i promise you it will change what you're doing six months from now is not necessarily what you're doing today so i love that concept from you marching in that encouragement well dare i say the gentle nudge that you're giving to listeners there i want to ask you this because i think you're uniquely positioned to answer this type of question and it's something that i faced a lot in my early 20s when i started my first business a soccer blog which grew into a thousand dollar a day advertising business it was a 
a, a content blog. I loved blogging and I obviously love soccer, but a lot of people would sit me down and they'd say, tell me everything that you did. And the more I told people step by step, because I love transparency, the more I realized this isn't exactly replicable because this happened at this moment in time with these conditions, with these scenarios and, and outcomes that may or may not ever happen again. What's your perception of that, Marcin? Having started a very successful business and made an exit, what are the elements that you find to be replicable starting over again? And why do you maybe not feel, it's a little bit of a leading question, that it's not replicable? Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I would say most business are replicable. Like, depend, you know, it depends on what, what kind of, uh, what kind of outcome you're hoping for, right? Like if you are building, if you want to build, a $10 billion business, that's a very competitive space. And you need to, I would say like businesses, you know, for, you know, a billion dollar unicorn businesses, startups, uh, I would say that the luck element is as important as, you know, as the execution. The smaller businesses, you know, like a 20 million, 50 million, maybe $100 million business, that's, uh, that's where I, uh, I believe the execution part is is kind of more critical than the kind of the lack factor. Um, you know, if if you um, one of the good ways of of kind of riding the wave of new innovation is just paying attention to uh, inflection points. These can be you know technology inflection points or or social inflection point. You know, a good example of that is, for example, Instagram. Right, the uh, Instagram is a and it was a company that was started right around when the phone cameras became good enough to to matter and be able to like take pictures. And then so you have a, a technology inflection point with a device that um, that can take good pictures. And now people care about taking pictures and posting it somewhere. The same example would be you know Uber. Like Uber didn't exist until we had uh, GPS and um, an inter and fast internet on the mobile phones. Uh, and as soon as it it, it kind of happened, then you know companies like Uber and Lyft could uh, could exist. So if you wanna you know if you wanna increase your chances, um, the way I, I compare it to building in an elevator going up, uh, you know even if you are kind of slow with building what you're building, if you're in an elevator that is already going up, like you'll get somewhere. And um, it, you know a good way to, of increasing your chances is to build in build on top of technology inflection points or some social inflection points um, having said that don't don't let it distract you from like the last the worst thing you can do is wait for a perfect inflection point and not start your business i think the the much better approach is you know start with start simple start with your first idea um, Look at the businesses that are, that are already working, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur. Um, see what you can copy and copy with pride. Like it, there is no shame in in copying, you know, the 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 businesses that are already working well. Um, and then you will, you know, and then make it twenty percent better, thirty percent better, and you can build a very reasonable business. And the things you will learn along the journey uh, may give you some interesting insights uh, onto, you know how to make it actually a, a much different business than what you started with. 
Yeah, I love how you're talking about not only inflection points within our own entrepreneurial journey, but you're right. Things happen outside of us. And a lot of times we think that we are the circumstances only of what's going on inside our own heads and hearts, but we're also operating in an ever-changing world, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on how things have changed from a business growth perspective, having started your agency in your 20s, obviously growing that to probably more than you could have ever wildly dreamed of to now starting a business in 2023. There's so many tools. There's AI tools. There's It's never been easier to build a website. I remember my first website. I took code <laughs> in PHP and CSS. Talk to us about some of those differences and similarities between your first business and now your business this year. Oh man, it's it's incredible. I I I'm the kind of person that just enjoys configuring all the different like little software and and uh, tools that that are available. And you know what's happening now with the explosion of SaaS tools, basically everywhere. It's I would say building a business is much more about um, today than you know the twelve or ten years ago. Uh, it's much more about being clever in choosing the right tools and and just constantly reminding myself that like okay I can try to fix it myself or I can find already an existing SaaS tool or marketplace where uh, you know where these these things are already available and I, I can you know I can be 10x more efficient or 10x faster. The a good example of that is I was I was uh, looking for. Uh, influencers um, to partner with for the launch of of my new project, and I went on, you know, and like my first instinct was like, oh, I'm gonna go on TikTok and look for for people who who match my criteria. Uh, but then I went to Fiverr and I just like f- I found a person who was willing to do this job for twenty five dollars, uh, and they and they created a, a list of hundred influencers with their contact emails and short descriptions of what they do and how many followers they have and. You know, it took me 10 minutes to write a brief and then I waited a few days and I got a list for, again, $25 plus tax, which is just crazy. Um, and I feel like the, these tools exist in every corner of the internet for if you are building a website, if you are running an online campaign, if uh, you, you need to create uh, content. And now, especially with the proliferation of AI tools, it's getting even more crazy. So I would say, you know, I'm trying to... Uh, you ask about the difference. I'm trying to stop my habit of trying to do everything myself and re- kind of relearn, reteach myself to uh, to be, you know, extremely good in using the tools that already exist. Yeah, and I love the fact that you shouted out some of those tools like hopping on Fiverr for just $25 and getting somebody else to do the work for you. You're right, there are tools and solutions for everything that we need, but with my listener hat on, I'm just thinking of so many people who are building, we all do this, we all build these barriers and excuses and obstacles in our minds and we convince ourselves, well, Marcin has it different. He's starting from experience, he's starting from a place of already having a business. But the thing that I love about what you're doing at The Gentle Nudge is I just saw, I looked at your expenses the other day, you are transparently sharing, here are all of my startup costs for my business, which I do want you to share a little bit with listeners about that business. Talk to us about what you think it actually takes in 2023. You're a business with low costs and you hope to bring it to a million dollars in revenue. What's your perspective on where people should be spending their money and how much money does it really take these days, Marcin? 
Uh, it really depends on the business. So as you mentioned, I'm, I'm trying to build Treat, uh, the, you know, the company, as you, you mentioned, I'm trying to build from zero to one, $1 million in revenue this year. Uh, I'm trying to build it as, as cost efficient as possible, uh, mostly because I want to, you know, I want it to be um, relatable to, to all the people, you know, my, 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 Ultimate, my first goal is to nudge more people to become entrepreneurs. That's my mission. And uh, the Treat project is kind of an excuse to, to show step by step how I'm thinking about building a business, you know, what mistakes I'm making, you know, how, how I'm, you know, what's my decision making process. And I think for, you know, I really didn't want it to feel like I'm, okay, I'm not now going to put half a million dollars in advertising and I'm going to, you know, launch this business because that's, that's not something most people can do, especially with their first business. Uh, so, so I'm keeping the costs like you know as low as possible and trying to be very frugal. And I actually encourage this uh, to everyone, even if you have have the money to to invest in your own startup at the beginning. I encourage, especially when you are still in the product market fit phase, when you are still figuring out what the product exactly is, um, refraining from. Uh, boosting your sales and boosting your marketing too much before you really know what you know what uh, what the product looks like, um, so so that's that's my approach. I, I think it's helpful. I help it helps uh, entrepreneurs become more resourceful and and clever about it. You know, you ask about the price, like what what does it cost to launch a business these days? Uh, if you're clever about it, it doesn't need to cost almost anything you you can create a product we're using canva uh, you can uh, you know create a free um free e-commerce online online commerce store with shopify uh, you can put put these things together and then you can launch on tiktok some some clever you know advertising videos get some people to look at your at your website and get some first pre-orders once you have pre-orders you can uh, start you know getting the the product from the suppliers and so so obviously it's much more complicated than i try to make it sound but uh it's it doesn't you know it doesn't take a million dollars to launch a business for sure you can you can go buy with uh with you know a thousand dollars two thousand dollars and uh, i would say the biggest the bigger the bigger cost or or risk here is that, you know you need to commit time and there is a, a opportunity cost, right? So some people, people, many people work full-time jobs and they want to start a side hustle. And that's, the, I would say that's the bigger, the bigger part of the equation where you need to juggle your, your full-time job with uh, launching your, your business on the side. Uh, and that's, that's tricky. Um, I actually loved what you said in your previous, uh, previous episode on one, one of the previous episodes. Uh, there was this advice that mo many people wait to start their business when they are less busy. And your advice was to start, uh, actually start when you are busy. Uh, and I think that's an excellent advice. There is never a better time to start your dream business than now. And you will always find, you know, excuses not to do it. So just do it uh, in the moment and, and figure it out. I really like this advice, like, you know, kind of launch yourself into it and then figure it out on the go. Yeah, Marcin, I know that we're both big fans of quotes. And so obviously it reminds me of my favorite Chinese proverb. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So I totally dig that advice. And to add on to what you said, it put a big smile on my face when I was looking over your startup costs and I saw domain $12, email server $6. And for me, it really brought me back to my beginning days because I started my first business with $120. And that was pretty much just 
to pay Bluehost for a year of hosting and a domain name. So I totally relate to that. And also to tie in what you said about actually getting revenue pretty quickly, I want to remind listeners, it's probably back in the first 300 episodes of this show, we had Conscience Sing on, who now has started the largest chain of cat cafes in the United States, starting in LA. She's got locations in DC. I don't know where she's expanded now, but she is a seven-figure business. She started out by creating a Kickstarter campaign and getting her first $25,000 in revenue before she even had a cafe. So I love that you brought that into focus for listeners, Marcin, and it's super actionable for them. So instead of me just teasing the gentle nudge, and you've now teased Treat a little bit, tell listeners directly, what is the gentle nudge and, and how does it tie in with Treat and what is your business, Treat? Yeah, so let's start with the gentle nudge. The gentle nudge is a, you know, my, my vision for what I want to do for the probably the rest of my life. Uh, I, I made it my life mission to, to nudge people to become entrepreneurs, uh, especially, for, you know, first time entrepreneurs. It changed my life when I was in my twenties and it just feels right to pay it forward and, and create content, you know, create a gentle nudge at scale for everyone who's considering entrepreneurship, but never, you know, was not lucky enough to meet anyone like I was, um, to, to give them that support and a little bit of laugh and a, and a gentle push to, to, to start. So, so that's, that's my mission. And the way I'm, I'm executing on this mission right now is, uh, I, I launched this newsletter that I, that I share every, every Sunday. Uh, and in that newsletter, I'm, I'm sharing openly. So I, I just let, let me take a step, uh, step back. I started with creating content for, for social media platforms. And so I was doing that for in the past, uh, in the, the previous year, but after several months, I kind of realized that it, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel, um, aligned with my values. I was just kind of feeling it's, it's a little soul sucking to try and post, you know, something every day and, uh, and just like hope for, for likes and shares. And I didn't want to kind of outsource my happiness to, to LinkedIn algorithms. Um, and I felt it will be much more useful if I actually, you know, instead of telling people how to do it, I will show, I will show people how to do it. So beginning of this year, I announced uh, in the newsletter that I'm going to launch a business from, from zero to $1 million. I'm going to challenge myself to get to $1 million before the end of this year to 2023. And, and I'm going to share every step of the way on the, in the, you know, in the Sunday newsletter. So we started off in January by, you know, coming up with ideas. I generated 29 ideas. We, you know, shared my, my, uh, idea generation process. Um, and then I picked the idea, uh, and, you know, after picking the idea, I'm basically sharing every week, you know, what, how I'm working on that idea and what I'm building. And the idea I chose was, uh, going back to what I said before, I was trying to solve my own problem. So uh, I think some people resonate with that. I, uh, I have a sweet tooth. So whenever I, I try to get a, you know, a, a candy or two scoops of ice cream, I, I end up, I always end up at the bottom of the pint. And so I wanted to help myself, you know, uh, enjoy the, the sweet pleasures of life, but, uh, but enjoy it more mindfully and, and, you know, stop myself from binging on, on sugar. And so the idea for treat is, is very simple. It's a, it's a subscription box of sweet treats, uh, that I source from, local, you know, small batch, um, candy manufacturers and, uh, chocolatiers all around America. And they are individually packaged in a, in a very nice looking box. 
And so, and the idea is to have one treat a day. So one, one package in the box is uh, dedicated for one day. Uh, and then I use a bunch of like come clever uh, behavioral science to, uh, nudges to help people manage that sweet tooth and stick to just one, one treat a day. So it's a, it's a very simple business. It's a direct to consumer business, a subscription box with uh, sweet treats to enjoy, enjoy mindfully. As a fellow sweet tooth, I'm guilty of that for sure. I do love the mission and how you are serving yourself in that. Marcin, right before we hopped on today, I was slamming some dates because I'm always (laughs) looking for healthier snacks. And I like to think that dates are at least a little bit healthier than most other sweet options. So I love what you're doing with that business. I'd love for you to share because obviously it's it's a core value behind the gentlenudge.com and your weekly newsletter, which by the way, for listeners, it is super trendy transparent. Marcin is showing you, here's how many people are on my email list. Here's exactly what I'm doing for my launch strategy. He also breaks it down. I love how you always summarize every week. Here's what's in my brain. Here's what's in my heart. And you do those mental check-ins. It's a lot of intentionality behind the things that you're doing. So listeners who are busy starting their own businesses are probably thinking, well, Marcin, you clearly have grown a business before. I'm curious what your launch strategy is. You've already talked to us about TikTok influencers, finding those, what are some of those strategies that you're rolling out up front? And how do you, a year's a long time, a lot can happen in a year. What is your longer term growth plan for the company? So I will answer the second question first. I actually don't have any plans beyond the first year. I, I launched it with this, you know, the pure idea of like, let's get it to $1 million and see what, you know, what I want to do with it. So if I enjoy it and if, we actually, if I'm actually successful at getting to one, one million, uh, you know, I may still keep growing it to a much bigger company. I may also just sell it. I may, maybe I will pick someone from the gentle nudge community to help me with running it. You know, I, I, there are many cool ideas we can, we can, uh, we can run with, but for now, my, my only, you know, my, my goal, my horizon for now is just like to end of 2023, let's get to $1 million in revenue. So that's, that's, uh, that's a shorter horizon, but it makes it fun because it feels like a sprint. Uh, and on the, on the launch strategy, I really want to explore, this is something that didn't exist as much during my times when I was running the performance marketing agency. Um, I really want to explore launching using influencers. So I already mentioned TikTokers. Uh, one, one idea I have is to just record, a, you know, a video that has some virality potential and then reach out to those hundred, maybe even a thousand uh, TikTok influencers, offering them that um, if, you know, if you generate any sale uh, uh, or any pre-order on the, on the treat, um, I will, I will, you know, I will share with you percentage or I will pay you $10, $20. I, I need to figure that out, but, um, just, you know, just kind of very easy, uh, pay for effect, uh, um, strategy. And I currently I'm thinking maybe I'll, I'll just ask them to stitch the video that we will produce so they can like, comment on the video. Like you can do all the, all this funky stuff on, on TikTok and TikTok has, uh, everyone, everyone says these days, TikTok has some interesting, uh, you know, uh, view numbers. It's, 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 it seems to be the easiest, uh, platform right now to, to go viral or get at least, uh, you know, a lot of eyeballs. So, so that's, that's the strategy uh, and we'll probably launch with a pre-order. So I want to, I want to first get pre-orders. This is a strategy I learned from the founder of ButcherBox, uh, butcherbox.com. 
it's an organic meat um, subscription box here in the US. Uh, they on on the, another podcast that I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, how I built this, uh, Mike, the founder, shared that he launched ButcherBox by by uh, you know launching a Kickstarter campaign, launch, uh, launching pre-orders, and then getting first customers through through social media influencers. So that's that's the strategy. You know, going back to my point, copy with pride. Uh, it seems like it's working, and uh, why not try this strategy? Um, and especially because it's kind of risk-free. If if you are paying only for those for for the effect, then you know you, I will have the money to pay uh, the influencers for their work. Marcin, there are two subtle pieces of absolutely brilliant business advice in that answer that you just gave that I really want to call out for listeners. The first is obviously you've mentioned it a few times in today's session, which is steal. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Success leaves clues. Look at what people are already doing. I love the How I Built This podcast. That is a real life example of mind-blowing case studies where real life founders of successful businesses are saying, here's exactly what I did. Steal it. But Marcin, the second thing that I absolutely love about your approach, and it's evident in your writing on thegentlenudge.com as well, is how you don't necessarily get attached with any sort of permanence to any idea. Just look at the way that you answered the long-term views of the company. As you said, if it's successful, cool. If not, that's also okay. And the thing that I like about that is you say, well, we're going to try with TikTok influencers. If it works, awesome. If not, you'll pivot. And I think that that is a mindset component that is so important to every entrepreneur's journey. So I love those pieces of brilliance right there on display, which leads me right into, I always like to ask a broad question at the end of these interviews, Marcin. And for you, I think the question that I really wanna ask you, knowing that one of your core beliefs is anyone can be an entrepreneur, what are those essential ingredients, whether they're mindset-wise or however else you wanna take this answer, what are the essential ingredients that entrepreneurs need to actually build a successful business and start positively impacting people? I think in terms of the mindset, the, the, the core mindset is, is, is what's called growth mindset. And it's, it's kind of a term that people use very often without any context and not fully understanding it. But there is actually a, so, a very solid science behind the idea, the difference between fixed mindset and the growth mindset. That's actually something useful, especially for for you know for parents out there to consider um, uh, when interacting with their own children. So the, the idea of growth mindset is that um, you know even if we uh, like if I were to summarize it, it's it's you know I don't know how to do it yet. It's the idea of adding yet to everything that we are doing, um, and and that just just having this growth mindset helps us cope with challenges and helps helps us cope with questions that we may not have answers to yet and uh, and having that growth mindset is just really uh, you know especially in entrepreneurship it's just a, a healthy way of approaching all the problems i don't you know i don't know how to grow treat yet i don't know i don't even know exactly which which treats we'll have in the box yet and you know and if you if you approach life um, with the growth mindset, uh, it will, it, it's usually much, much better for, for you, for your mental health, for your sense of, uh, self-esteem, for your, um, for your overall happiness, because you, you just see the world as a, as this beautiful puzzle that you don't know all the answers to, um, but you, you may, you know, you will get there eventually if, if only you decide to do it. So, so that's like the first, the most important kind of mindset, uh, 
ingredient in in what I try to instill in you know young entrepreneurs. In terms of skills, you know there are so many different businesses, so many different skills you 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 uh, you need to acquire, and you may not have them yet. Uh, but the, the, I would say the interpersonal skills, the, the, the soft skills that are, um, you know, they are important for getting, uh, getting a team, building a team. Uh, and, you know, the best companies are usually the ones that have, as I said before, strong company culture and being able to, to convey your vision and, you know, um, con- yeah, convey your vision and, and convince your, uh, your teammates that we did what you are doing is actually um, important and get them excited about the, the project you're building. Uh, that's something that is, will be very useful uh, for any entrepreneur out there. Uh, and then lastly, I want to say resourcefulness. So just uh, this idea of, you know, uh, there are so many different ways of solving the same problem and being resourceful just to me means that you are, you're finding clever ways, you're finding workarounds to, to get where you want to be. And sometimes it's a, it's an easy path. Sometimes it's a very, uh, you know, very curvy path. Uh, but, um, eventually you will get there. You just need to be resourceful and figure out, you know, what, what needs to happen, what needs to get done, um, to, to get there. Heck yes. Incredible advice all around. The greatest resource is resourcefulness. One of my favorite quotes of all time. So I love how you brought that up, Marcin. And I think it's safe to say on behalf of every listener around the world, from now on, when we hear the word yet, or when we have that positive growth mindset thought, we're absolutely going to think of you. So I love the illustration there. And I love how you finish all of those sentences with yet, because you're absolutely correct that we can change any circumstance that we want to. And if you don't know how to figure it out yet, then that is something that can easily be solved. So Marcin, I obviously love all of the knowledge that you dropped on listeners here today, but I also deeply love and admire and am a big fan of everything that you're doing at the gentle nudge and i love how you're passing it on to a whole new generation of entrepreneurs so with all of that said i want to open the stage to you to tell listeners where they can follow you where they can find the gentle nudge and how they can follow along on your journey oh it's very simple if you go to thegentlenudge.com there you can see the previous particles the previous newsletters and you can subscribe so I, I encourage you to do that and i think that's the best the best way to interact i'm obviously on linkedin uh, you can, you can find me, you know, using my name, my last name. Uh, and, uh, that's pretty much it. I, I encourage you to, to come and join if you are thinking about starting your first business. Yes, I cannot say it enough. I highly recommend knowing all of you entrepreneur and entrepreneur audience members all over the world. I get so many emails from you all. This is a perfect fit for you. When Marcin and I first connected, I immediately knew this is the exact type of guest that we love having here on the show. So definitely go check out thegentlenudge.com. Go through his archived posts as well as previous newsletters because there's genius, there's brilliance, there's marketing and business knowledge inside all of them. So definitely go to thegentlenudge.com. Subscribe to all of Marcin's upcoming newsletters. Otherwise, Marcin, thank you so much for coming on to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for having me, Brian. This is amazing. And I love, I love the mission of your, of your newsletter, of your, sorry, of your podcast. It's, we, are, we are on the same mission, it seems like. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I definitely agree with that. 
Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.